Hello and welcome to the From Grief to Gold podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Ann, and today I have Adriana Keith in this episode number 23. We discuss quarter-life crisis career changes, the importance of mind, body, and spirit connection, a little bit of manifestation, visualization, and we also dabble a little into human design, which is a area or a topic that I am very much looking forward to diving in deeper in further episodes. But with that being said, let's hop into today's episode. Also just wanted to add a quick little tidbit. There is a little bit of an audio issue on my end, but it goes away. It clears up. I promise just my perfectionism was like, I need to let the people know. They must know. My guest sounded fabulous, but you know, technical issues happen. So again, with that being said, welcome to today's episode. I'm so thankful to have you on the From Grace to Gold podcast. Hey, Melissa, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So you are a life coach and you also focus on manifestation, which I'm excited. I haven't had anybody share about manifestation or anything like that on here yet. So excited to hear from you about that. But can you share a little bit about what your journey was that brought you to this? Oh man, that's kind of a loaded question, but yeah, I mean, I guess like the, the shortest story of that would be that I, um, I hit what I call now my quarter life crisis a few years back. And after many attempts at trying to figure out who I was, what I was doing with my life, um, hiring multiple coaches for myself, that's kind of what got me into this body of work. Um, coming out of my own crisis and seeing who helped me get out of there. And now I kind of help women do the same thing. (laughs) I love that. And I know we, so in my, for people who haven't ever applied, I know we shared in the form about um, your childhood and something that you thought you would like to talk about. Um, Is that part of your huge thing that kind of helped shape you (laughs) into this? It's interesting because no, back, back when I was going through this, what I call quarter life crisis, um, I had a lot of blocks, like a lot of, you know, society conditions us to be a certain way and to look a certain way. And I pretty much blocked off that whole part of my life. And it wasn't until I found yoga and meditation and coaching that I started to do the deep inner work that is me, right? Like we go through life, not really knowing who we are, just, just being who we're expected to be and told to be. So it wasn't until I went through all of this work to figure out my life that that past trauma crept back up and in, and I had to deal with it all over again, but that, and that's still a work in progress. Um, and that has kind of helped me shape my coaching experience for my clients now, because now I understand that there's a lot of trauma that leads us to being who we are, having the blocks and the issues that we have. Well, I'm no therapist and I, I certainly don't think I'm someone who wants to open that trauma loop without having like a professional that they can lean on. Um, I do recognize that after going through that myself, that that was something that needed to be a part of my life and a part of my healing. And we, you know, anyone who's gone through any sort of trauma, which 
for mine was childhood sexual abuse for a few years, or if it's trauma from bullying in high school. I mean, we all have our own traumas that we tend to bury under the rug. And when we don't face them and when we don't work through them, that's when a lot of issues start to arise in ways that you didn't expect. And that's exactly what happened to me. I like that you mentioned about the like society shaping us. And then also just as not necessarily realizing how much trauma can affect you because you're like, oh, this wasn't even, this has nothing to do with my career. Like, why would I think this would affect my career? I think it's something that gets overlooked a lot. Um, A thousand percent. Yeah. So you mentioned obviously like not therapy, which I think is a really important thing to remind people of because there is a huge difference between being a coach and being a therapist. So can you share just a little bit about how that works with you and the direction that you had with your clients? Yeah. Um, A lot of times things will come up in meditations or in visualizations and you know, when, when you're in a coaching session and you get to know a coach and you, you start to let those walls down, things start to bubble up. And while it's really great that we can open up that space, that safe space in coaching, if something more traumatic or something that I don't feel equipped to help them close the emotional loop on comes up, then I will at that point, you know, I'll be like something that you could journal on it. You can continue meditation on your own or why don't we bring this up with your therapist and you can work through and process that with your therapist? Because the last thing that I ever want to do is to have them dive deeper into that situation and then me not know how to get them out of that, how to bring them back to being grounded enough. Because yes, I do grounding exercises and yes, we can do all this work, but as a not a therapist, I, I am not enough. Like, and I know that, and I don't ever want someone to be stuck in a trauma loop because I dug too deep. So if it, if it gets to a point where it's getting really heavy, that's when I will be like, let's bring this up with your therapist, or why don't you take some time and work through this and then write an email to your therapist or something like that. I think that's really important. It's good to like know that there is this like grounding point where it's like, yes, I can help guide you to this degree, but at some point it does come to a medical professional or a licensed professional, not just these certifications. So what a lot comes up in these sessions. Yes, I believe it. I know even with just me working through freelance and like growing my own businesses, you realize, like you mentioned, like those quarter life crises and like old trauma comes up that you didn't think would affect you. And now you have to work through it. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So what would you say would be like one of the things that has helped you a lot? Like you mentioned like a quarter life crisis, which I joke about that. Like, I feel like when I turned like 25 and like when I turned, I'm almost 30 this year. And I feel like every other year is there's like a new life crisis of like, am I even on the right path? Do I feel like I'm making the impact I want? And I know that we're not alone. So if you would like to dive into that a little bit. Not alone at all. At the time of my crisis. I was, gosh, was like 27. Um, I had my oldest daughter already and I was pregnant with our second and I was an award-winning realtor. So from the outside, everything looked perfect, right? Like I was supporting my family. I had the great business. I had the husband and the kids and everything was healthy. And I struggled so hard with 
why am I not happy? Why does this not feel like it's enough for me? Why can I not just settle? Why can't I be happy? And I've since learned I have an expertise in human design. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but I have (laughs) since learned that that's a part of my design. I'm a manifesting generator and we're meant to be multi-passionate, multi-hyphenate type of people with a million things going on. But at the time I didn't know that I didn't understand that I felt like I was broken. So I'm looking at my life and I'm feeling so vulnerable because I feel like I can't tell my husband how miserable I am because we invested in my my real estate career and I'm making good money. Like this should be enough. Right. And I have high anxiety. I get stressed out really easily. Like I wasn't sleeping at night. It just wasn't healthy. So I decided to take up yoga and looking back, I really think that yoga was what transformed everything to me because Yoga then led me to meditation, then led me to breath work, led me to the holistic coaching atmosphere. My first ever business coach, I, it's funny, I just recorded a podcast with her right before this one. I was just seeing her for the first time in like forever. And she, I was just telling her how much she changed things for me because I came into my own sense of spirituality and my sense of the mind, body, and soul is connected. And if I don't treat my body the same way that I want my soul to be treated, you know, and vice versa. And it just made me realize that like, I, I don't have to stay in real estate if I'm not happy. There's so many other options out there. Um, but I would say like the biggest thing looking back was just embracing my body and spirit as one and really diving into that world of yoga and meditation and being present and, you know, just at, peace. I mean, it helped my anxiety and my stress a whole lot, but it also led me down this road that I would have never expected. I mean, it changed my life in so many ways. And I think it's important too, because I feel like so many people think that they're like stuck in this path and it's like, oh, well, I'm successful. Like I should be grateful that I'm successful, but it's so important to acknowledge that little voice, even if it's not a voice, it's like this feeling like you just, you just know that something's wrong and something's off. And being able to not necessarily have an answer, but be able to slow down and kind of just nitpick at different things until you figure it out. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Just try different things and stop trying some things and just follow the path that, I mean, things will keep coming to you if you just keep following that gut feeling. And I like that you mentioned about that your coach. I actually had a podcast episode with with my former business coach as well. And I love it because I I feel like even though you're done working with them, like I stopped working with her in 2020, but I still have her in the back of my head all All the time later. Yep. All that they make such an imprint on your life. I mean, that's why we pay them so much money, right? Is because they're going to make a huge imprint and impact on our life. Yes. Um, So with the, I know you mentioned about like moving into like the breath work and everything like that. Um, Well, one, I, that's something that I want to get into as well. Like I would love to like learn more about like certifications and, or like just different courses and understanding the breath work a lot. Cause that's something I used to think was really cliche. I was like, oh yeah, just work on your breathing, but it really helps (laughs) and like stabilizing or like your like response, like you don't realize how much you're living in your anxiety. Like 2020, yep. I think I've shared on my podcast episodes before, like 2020 was the year that I, I realized I was probably living a lifetime with anxiety, but because one of the 
symptoms was tightness in your chest. I, I started like noticing that. And then I realized it was anxiety and not yeah. anything else, but yeah, like you're learning. probably holding your breath. That's what I do when I'm getting yeah. anxious. I hold my breath and I didn't know that I was doing that. Yeah. And so like learning about the different breath work, like has definitely helped or getting more in the meditative state. Um, but to go back to kind of like that career change, are you still doing real estate or did you go to no, no, I, I battled with that for a couple of months until like my license with that brokerage was expiring and I had to make a decision and I just decided to get real and vulnerable and be like, okay, I'm done. This is it. This is it for me. I mean, I'm still licensed and in the future, maybe because we, we like to flip houses and we, we do that whole kind of thing. So I'm still going to stay licensed for that reason, but I'm not actively practicing now. What would be something that you would recommend for somebody who's kind of in that position where they know that they're successful, but they're not happy. Like they don't feel like their soul is fulfilled. Like you mentioned, I love that mind, body, and spirit, because I think so often we do neglect the spirit because we're like, oh, well, my physical needs are met. Why should I be complaining? Mm -hmm. So if you want to touch on that a little bit. It, there's so many things that I think I could say to, to this, but I think the most important that I think of all the time is there's this book by Brownie Ware called the top five regrets of the dying. And she worked in hospice care and she noticed over the years that there were like the top five same regrets that these people who were dying were saying to her. And some of them were like, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I wish I had let myself be happier. Um, I think there was one about like not letting people decide for you. And that really hit home for me because what looks from the outside, like it, like I have everything, it was nothing to me on the inside. And what is a life worth living if it means nothing to you yourself? And so I just knew that I did not want to get to the end of my life wishing I had done it differently. I just knew that I was someone who knew there was better for me out there and I wanted to go for it. I mean, I did that with, um, so my oldest daughter is not biologically my husband's. I left her father when she was about a year old and anyone who's ever done that, I'm sure probably understands like the whole, you have a child together. You can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nope, this is not, this is not it for me. Like, I know that I want my daughter to see a healthier relationship. I know that there are men out there who can treat me way better than I'm being treated. And so I did it. And so I, when I was going through this like career crisis, I reminded myself that I did that with my relationship. Why did I not think I could have better in my career too? And the fact of the matter is, is it was completely ruining my body. I mean, my husband literally developed um, an autoimmune disease because he was so stressed with work. And so did my first coach that I was just talking to. She developed two autoimmune diseases because of the stress with work. So it really can take a toll on your health if you don't stop. I think that's really important to remember too. Like, like you mentioned, like it does affect everything. So while you, you like are focused on the one thing you're like, yeah, but my financials are taken care of, or yeah, this is taken care of. And again, just like that fear of the unknown, but then keeping that reminder in the back of the head of like all the times that you did make it through. And mm -hmm. I like yeah. your reference about your, your previous merit or the, with your daughter. Um, because I think that's something that a lot of people do deal with. And it goes back to that social construct that, <laughs> that mm -hmm. you talked at the first 
of I'm like, all about breaking society's expectations of me. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's so important too, because like, and I, I blame TikTok for a lot of the things that I've been learning, but <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, that, that doesn't even align with who I am as a person. Why, why did I feel like I had to do that? And it's because society's standards of things. And I think it's so much more important and it radiates in all areas of our life when we are in our truth, essentially. Exactly. Yes. And I wanted my kids to, to see that I could do and be anything. I wanted them to see that I wasn't like stressed out answering my phone and emails all the time. I wanted to spend weekends and nights with them while they were young. And that life was not giving me that. So like, why would I want to go 10 years from now and look back and be like, I barely spent that much time with my kids when they were young. And now they don't want to spend any time with me. Like, that's not why I wanted to have kids. I love that. I think it's really important. It, like just kind of going back to like, what are your values and does this align with your values of life? Because I feel like a lot of people end up being stagnant and then they end up being like in that book, those like five things that they wish mm-hmm. they would have done essentially of, yeah. of just having this regret and moving forward. Um, would you say, so with like manifestation, so I know we talked about like the life coaching side of things, which with your quarter life crisis, you get a share, I'm sure a lot of that with people, but where did the manifestation side of things start coming into play? Has that always been with you or when did that kind of become a focus for you? No, this a lot came into alignment when I started understanding my spirituality around working with that first coach that I had. And um, I grew up in a Catholic Christian household and that did not resonate with me. Um, I felt like personally, like if I'm going through this trauma, where is God now? Like, why, why isn't he helping me? And I battled that a lot as a child, a lot. I remember trying to read the Bible, hoping it would help me. And I felt no connection there. And so getting older, I I had no spirituality. I mean, I was pretty agnostic. There was like nothing there, but then starting to work with my coach at the time, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly how that manifested in real life. But I think just the more research I did on like meditation and visualization and how, oh, I remember what it was. I gave birth to my second daughter, who is the one I was pregnant with during this whole thing. And I had tried, I had visualized her birth for like all the time when I was pregnant. And I was like, I, you know, I know that birth happens in millions of ways, but this is how I would like to envision it. Melissa, it happened from the moment of the day the, the spot I was in, how I gave birth, it happened exactly as I envisioned it. And I was like, okay, there's something to this law of attraction thing. And then at the time I had only seen like that documentary, the secret, like have you yes. ever seen that? <laughs> really only like 2% of what manifestation is. Yes. But anyway, but I, that's when I started really deep diving into it and recognizing I've kind of been a natural manifester a lot of my life. Like just because I put such good positive energy out there, no matter what I'm going through, I I tended to have a lot of things happen and line up the right way. And I never really thought much of it, but looking back now, I can see that it's because my energy was in a certain place and I visualize a lot and that really helped me. But I think that was that point that I was like, Oh, something is really going on. And that helped me connect to what I believe in with the universe and the law of attraction and all my spirituality, I guess. 
but I also come back from like a background of like Christianity and I, I never, like, I liked the general, like, idea of it but there were a lot of cracks in it that I just didn't really feel like I aligned with and so I kind of spiraled into that as well I like and I share about that in like the book that I wrote and things like that where I was like I don't I don't really know what I agree with right now like I don't mm-hmm. know what kind of spirituality like I believe in and so like things like that have have slowly kind of reignited and then you do need, again, it goes back to that, like my body and spirits, like you need some type of spirituality, whether, whatever it is that it is for you. But I know a lot of my like hardest times were when I didn't have that connection with something. I, I agree. Yep. I remember I used to get so, and this is not to offend anyone who's listening to this, who has any sort of belief, but this was how I felt at the time. I used to feel so annoyed when you'd see like a celebrity go up on stage and accept an award and thank God, or, you know, thank whatever else. And I would be like, no, this was them. But I understand now because now I have my own belief system. And so now I understand, like, I believe there's an energy that's higher than me, what that is. I don't hundred percent know, but I believe that there's something there. And that's what I attribute a lot of my success to. And so now it's just like, I think I didn't have my own belief. And because of that, I couldn't connect with what they were talking about. I couldn't connect with why people pray. Now I do. Now I understand the power of thoughts and praying and everything like that. So it's been a been a very life-changing couple of years for me. So good though. I love seeing that like growth. And I think for me, like I've always wanted to find how all of the different spiritualities and religions had like a combination, like what do they all have in common and like finding that for my truth. And it's definitely been really helpful in like kind of coming back and grounding myself with that spirituality as well. Um, to go, I'm like, we should still have time. I, I, like we mentioned before the call, like I get like a 10 minute warning, but I wanted to go back to that human design. Cause I don't talk to a lot of people about it, but how do you, that like learning more. So human design for people who don't know, it's essentially like, it's based off of like your time of birth and all those things, but it goes over and I'm not like an expert in human design, but it goes into your energies And I learned that I'm a projector, which was a huge relief for me because I felt like I was just lazy. And why am I always so tired? And what's wrong with me? (laughs) And then it turned out that I had just spent eight years in burnout and I was not structured the way that I am. And so I was curious, like how discovering your human design has helped shape you Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm just thinking I need to give so much credit to that first coach I had because when she was like, you got to figure out, we'll leave her in the comments. (laughs) She's going to have like so much clients coming to her after this. Um, she, yeah, that coach when when I was feeling very lost, she was like, do you know what human design is? And I was like, no, what is that? And so we looked it up while I was on the call and read the information and I'm a manifesting generator. And I remember looking at that and being like, holy crap, I'm not broken. Like this is, this is me to a T. Like I used to feel like I was a quitter. Like I was kind of a flake because like I'd start things and I get bored and I'd want to go off to the next thing. And people would look at me like, well, she just doesn't stick to anything. And it was just, you know, some people really believe in the Enneagram. Some people really go by like the strengths or Myers-Briggs and whatever resonates with you is awesome. For me, that's human design. And for me, 
it's not a personality test, which I think is one of the biggest reasons I can get behind it. It's like based on the neutrinos from the sun, the energy from the sun at the time of birth. And so there was like a little bit more science to that, which I really enjoyed, but I've also never met a person who didn't identify with their design. So it's very, very interesting. And it makes so much sense for me. It, uh, yeah, it's, I can't even, like, I could talk about it for hours. <laughs> I know it's one of those things. I have a couple of people in mind that I want to reach out to who specifically are focused on human design, who can go and like talk my ear off about all the details. Cause even just mm-hmm. reading my chart, I'm like, this is like foreign <laughs> to me. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. But it's been really, really helpful when it comes to kind of like finding that alignment and giving ourselves grace and learning that we do all have different levels of energy, despite structure and societal norms, like not all of us are meant for a nine to five and this ongoing thing. So I yeah, think that's, exactly. and I, I don't, I was like, I don't know, like that it would necessarily align with like spirituality. I think it is again, like with the, the different personality types and things like that. I think there's like this beauty again with me and my love for combining all of the things together. It's like being able to combine human design and Enneagrams and astrology mm-hmm. and like letting mm-hmm. that kind of shape you and not necessarily shape you, but kind of almost give yourself this, like, yes, like I feel seen, like, this is what yes. I align with. This makes so much more sense of like why I think the way I do and why my energy is the way that it is. Yeah. And human design is a mix of astrology and astronomy and Kabbalah and the I Ching and and genetics. So like, I I think that plays a huge part in like, cause I feel like I could never get just behind one modality. I'm like, but there's no way that everything is just based on one thing. And so I, I don't know. I think this is why it resonates so deeply with me. I love that. So with your, cause I know we're probably going to be starting to run out of time. I know I get like a 10 minute window when I, when I get to that <laughs> point, but what would be something since your, your focus as a life coach and with manifestation. So what would be some like recommendations you would have for anybody listening who maybe they are at like that cra- the crossroads or that midlife crisis, quarter life crisis point in their life. Um, what would be some recommendations or just they're dealing with their trauma and they're they've been journaling they've been doing their therapy and they're like okay now what (laughs) what would be some advice you would give the biggest thing that I want to say to that person listening right now is that you don't attract what you want you attract what you think and what you feel so if you are like thinking how much you want a brand new car but then you see someone who's driving that brand new car and you feel jealous. You're literally like telling your brain bad feelings are coming up when I see this car. Like, so your, your brain's going to be like, okay, we're going to stop looking for that car. We're going to stop seeking out opportunities to have that car. Like you have to remember that you are the only voice your body hears hundred percent of the time. And what you say to yourself matters more than anything else. So everything you feel and everything you think is going to bring in everything else from the outside world. Now, it's not to say that you can't have a bad day. We all have bad days, but it's what can I do to make today just a little bit better? Even if it's not on like the highest level of the emotional scale, how can I make today just a little bit better? And trying to focus on the good that you want coming in and less of what the, maybe there's quite a bit of bad coming in. 
because that happens to us a lot of the time, but how can we focus on the better that we want coming in and not dwelling on the negative because then you'll just get more of that. I love that. And it, it is just like a constant, it's like building that momentum in like a constant, it is like redeveloping patterns of ourselves. Yeah. Um, another yeah. thing, and I'm going to have this in the show notes, but if you want to share how people can find you and like social media Absolutely. and things like that. Absolutely. So my website is just Adriana Keith with one n.com. Um, on Instagram, I'm at Audrey Keith, A D R I, and then my last name, Keith. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I really try and use it more, but yeah. But oh, and I'm hosting a human design workshop actually on the 28th at 1 p.m. Eastern, um, which I will be putting all of this on my website. I just realized I don't know when this goes live. So this might not even matter, but. <laughs> But that is happening and I'll have a recording too. So you can always get it later. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me and I will be looking forward to having everybody share and get in touch with you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.